Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome back. Paul Catalina, Jack McKenzie, and Josh Neighbors. The Neighborhood Watch on Crystal Ball College Football, our other uh, college football channel. Uh, of, of We have many channels. We're like Netflix, or not Netflix. What will we be? YouTube TV? Were there channels? Um, some might call it like uh, TV. Yeah, or like regular TV. That's a good point, Jack. Thank you for also making me look old there. I don't know. It sounded like you're just trying to sound young. No, yeah. I'm trying to sound young and hip uh, and with it. Uh, Josh Neighbors is young and hip and with it, and he joins us now. Josh. <laughs> or or maybe maybe he wants to leave because now he's like this guy's a dork. I don't want my I don't want my name Sully. I mean Josh was the one who was wearing like a full dad get up to Big Twelve Media Days. Oh well, so. wait, what? Hold on, what? Yeah, let, let's go into this, Jack. Polo, khaki cargo shorts. Hold on, hold on. Was this was this a conversation in the three sixty five offices it, once I left? Not no. not until now. No, apparently, this, this was just a conversation you and I had there at Big Twelve Media Days, Josh. This was, yeah. Well, you, Jack, it just shows you how much I try through every conversation with you. <laughs> wow, Look, I'm that's my I'm not a dad, and I I pretty much you know I got some like sneakers for Christmas last year, and my they were New Balance. And that's just where I am in my life. I'm pretty sure he had the New Balances with the yeah, like the I'm, the I'm rocking them the right crew now. Socks, you know, the higher up crew socks. I'm, I'm look, I'm rocking them right now. Look, when Josh, I don't know how old you are. I'm 43. Like you just have to accept some things as they come to you later in life. I'm 26, but I'll tell you what. I have this one pair of black uh, Adidas golf pants, and I, I'm actually wearing them right now. Uh, but like, it is my multi-purpose pair of pants. I mean, if I'm on camera, I can wear it. When I go to do sidelines, which I'm, I'm going to do right now, I wear them. So they're functional. They're not too dad. Like, black is a good color, I think, because it's not, like, too dad. And then we're in a red polo with it, too. 
So I kind of look like half Clifford the Big Red Dog, half, you know, live golf tour golfer. Uh, I guess it's cold weather, so uh, it's a good look for me at work. There, there we go. All right, Josh, uh, this week uh, in the Big 12, uh, you know, I know that, like, this isn't the, you know, sexy week to end all sexy weeks, but there's some interesting stuff going on. Uh, we just had Joseph Duarte from the Houston Chronicle in Houston and Texas, and, you know, there's some for the old guard Houston fans. There's some some real bad blood here, and they were re- really chomping at the bit for this game. Now, I would not want to be the team that plays Texas after that particular loss that they had a couple weeks ago, but uh, Houston has no expectations in this game. They can play free and breezy. While I totally expect Texas to win, I kind of do expect to see Houston maybe put an early scare into them where Texas has to go, oh, we've got to take these guys seriously. Yeah, so, so it's interesting. You know, it's really weird. This is like one of those, yes, Oklahoma probably got Texas a little bit steamed, but also at the same time, too, like they've had, they've had a week to digest. So it's not completely like, you know, uh, we're going to bring, you know, hell with us and here. And also, you know, Houston wins against West Virginia, but like, all, you know, they've had a little bit of time since then, too. It was a Thursday night game. So you're, you're kind of wondering where is the balance of momentum? Where is each team at? Um, I think that's fascinating. I, I saw the line. The 23 and a half is a lot to me. You know, this, this could easily be a three-score win in the end, but I, I think Houston's going to do everything in their power to make this thing uncom- as uncomfortable as possible. I just don't know ultimately what that looks like. I, I, I think there's some serious questions about, like, what that ends up looking like. And um, I think Houston, you know, look, all the new teams had their problems. I think Houston has a chance maybe to look like the best new team this year at times. But, um, you know, they've lost focus a lot this year at times, too. They lost focus definitely in that West Virginia game. They lost focus in the second half against Texas Tech. They lost focus against Rice for a majority of that game as well. So it's just a matter of how dialed in, how focused are we going to get 60 minutes of quality Dana Holgerson football. Yeah, that's, then that's been a thing. Look, even in the wins, they haven't done 60 minutes of that. You know, like it's – They've had their moments right. where, like, again, looking at West Virginia last week, you know, without a couple of really bizarre things happening, you know, they're kicking themselves about that too. So, yeah, I I, I agree with you. All right, uh, Tech and BYU. Uh, Tech, you know, Baron Morton banged up, but looks like it's he's going to go. Uh, BYU got a little bit exposed against TCU last week. This is, um, again, for BYU, just, you know, maybe stack some more wins, get yourself to a bowl game, have a nice first year in the Big 12. But for Tech, they've got to start winning games again or they've got to really look at what they're doing in year two. Yeah, so this game is a is kind of a crossroads game. Not for, like for BYU, it's not really a crossroads of like, what are you doing just because it's their first year in the league. But talk about their season, I mean, they've been outplayed against basically every team they, they have played, like, Arkansas outplayed them. Uh, you know, last week they were viciously outplayed. I think is the way to put it. Cincinnati maybe even outplayed them, uh, at least for large swaths of the game. So BYU is opportunistic. The good news for them is Texas Tech might give you the ball. Um, and, and especially, and here's the thing, like we saw UCF go with John Rice Plumley two weeks ago uh, against, uh, against KU and then at the holster that weapon, you know, um, fun smoke that, you know, wagon, whatever the hell that uh, is said in Tombstone. So mm, yeah. is that going to have to happen with Tech? 
because every single time they have a banged up quarterback, that guy usually doesn't make it through the game. And this has been a problem. Like Tech, I think the one thing I'm starting to really think about for them, especially under Zach Hitley, is they have to evaluate what they're doing with their quarterback because their quarterbacks aren't making it through the game. Last year, they played three quarterbacks, and all three guys, Warden, Smith, and Shuck, were injured at certain points. They have now played three this year, and Shuck and Morden have both been injured at certain points, and to the point where they couldn't even, you know, both those guys, you know, Shuck's done, and Morden, injury prone, they need to protect him a little bit. They have to reconsider what they are doing. Now, is that something you can do in the middle of the season, a great success? I don't know, but I still think Zach Kittley's a good coordinator and he's young, but he's an air raid guy. Like, you, you kind of have to dial back some the air raid principles, right? I think Kendall Bryles is somebody who really understands how to use the running game in an air raid offense. He also forgets he has running backs at times, which really gets confusing. But, like, he almost needs a little bit more Kendall Bryles in him, I think, to some extent, if that, that makes sense, guys. Yeah. And I'm not thinking about it's perfect. No, I mean, look, it's it's not. I mean, like, I, I think that um... – you know, and look as as someone who uh, is a probably an amateur expert on the uh, Bryles offense, having seen it here, in You've action, seen it a few times, Paul? I've seen it a few times. I've seen it a few times. Uh, there is that like they're either like super into the running backs or it kind of forget it for a minute. <laughs> and sometimes it's just based on who who's back there. I don't know. It is. Uh, right. It's not Tom Herman egregious where like you know somebody had to tell him like you know um, you recruited and signed B. John Robinson. He's right, right there. He's right there. Like, that's him. Number two. Like, he's right. He's there. Like, just, you know, that way poor Sam does not get bludgeoned to death. Like, just <laughs> maybe give him a break. It's we, not that. We felt strong, strong in three picks last week. It's like they got to find some way to protect these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Because they, they, they just, they, and like, whether it's confidence-wise, whether it's one of the football-wise, whether it's health-wise, like, they just, they just have not found a way to do that yet. And I'm excited. I think Joey McGuire is going to be good. I think, I think it's all going to work out for them. But sometimes, like, you know, look, the, the big thing for me was when K-State was a dark horse last year, K-State has done this a whole lot where it's like we live at, at seven and five, eight and four, and, and you can see it coming. They've got the team to do it. Texas Tech this year, like, what did they do last year to make me believe that all of a sudden they're going to start punching them out of their weight class? They got by Texas because Texas lost focus in that game. And then they beat Ole Miss at the end of the year. And they beat Oklahoma. That's not a good Oklahoma team. And they beat Ole Miss in a bowl game. Everybody's like, uh-oh, here they come. And it's like, look, they have not proved, they're not winning at Mike Leach levels because Mike Leach consistently did it. They have to get there first before we start talking about them as a contender. I, I know winning's not always linear, all the way up, all the way down. TCU showed us that. But the program like Texas Tech, you got to show me some consistent defense. And at least this version, you got to show me some quarterback help. And they have not done either. Now, that being said, uh, I am not going to bet this football game tomorrow. Texas Tech is a better team. The line reflects that. But do I trust the quarterback situation going to BYU against an opportunistic team? No, I don't. So get me the hell away from this game. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, you mentioned Kansas State. They're going to roll with two quarterbacks. It appears that Avery Johnson, after last week, has found his sea legs, and those sea legs move really, really fast. Fast, fast. He like he is going to be a problem. Like there, you know, that's one of those things where like Big Twelve coaches are like, he's a freshman. Great, thank you. This is this is <laughs> wonderful. Like I've got at least two more years of this crap. What great. Thank you. 
Thank you. Like, you know, couldn't find his way to another conference, please. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he's going to be that kind of guy where you're, he's just going to cause problems. They uh, welcome TCU, who got the big win. Uh, Josh Hoover made the start. Um, I'm not ready to jump in and say TCU has fixed all their problems. I think that they certainly rallied around Josh Hoover. If this one was in Fort Worth, I might feel differently. But I, I think that Kansas State right. throwing Avery Johnson out there has kind of changed their game a little bit. So let me posit something to you, Paul and Jack, and I'd love to hear what you all think about this. So last year, Adrian Martinez is the quarterback, right? And he's not the right quarterback for a team that's got good tight ends and good wide receivers, plural, and good running backs who can catch the ball out of the backfield, particularly one running back who's right, yeah. out of the backfield, right? Will Howard, as a good passer, is the right guy. Okay, flip it ahead one year. What's the problem this year? Well, the wide receivers aren't too great, and they have one guy who's an eight-back tight end, and Benson is open a lot. But Will Howard is being forced to throw balls into really tight windows, and it's not going very well for him right now. And the strength of this team is the offensive line. And actually, the running backs are pretty good as well, too. So I think Adrian Martinez would have been a good fit with this team. I think Avery Johnson, in the same vein, is a good fit with what they're doing right now. And so I'm wondering, I just don't know how to square this because, like, I think Will Howard is good. I think with what we've seen, like, he is a good quarterback, can be good. But what this team needs on the ground right now is Avery Johnson to kind of make the offense come. But guys, like, when they punch above their – like, when they play Texas, who would you rather have in the saddle back there, quarterback? I, I, I know Avery Johnson might be the hot guy at that point, but – like I just I don't know how to square the performance thing with the trust thing, but I do think this team is better off with a running quarterback at this point in time. I, I think this team is a better fit to that. So that that's kind of where I am on K State, and I don't really know what that means moving forward. Yeah, I, I'm. I think you got to ride with the playmaker right now to get a spark, uh, and and maybe that's what it is. But can he pass? Can he pass it all? I think he's did like I think he's getting a little bit better with that. But they're they're going to have right. to their passing offense is going to get. Uh, pretty narrow, I would think, because it's going to be focused yeah. on running the ball, and then their defense has to play, which we know how their defense can play with Chris Kleiman. Jack, what do you think? Yeah, if they lean into the RPOs and make the reads as simple as possible and help out those simple passing concepts by running the heck out of the quarterback run game and an option run game, then I think they can get it done. I, I think their ceiling is lower than... I thought it was heading into the year. Definitely, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I do think, yeah. And you mentioned the wide receivers that like, um, Cade Warner, it was a huge loss for them. Like he yeah. was Emily. No. Yeah. Emily. No, like both guys, not like, again, like you're not, they're not rip. They're not Justin Jefferson, right? They're not yeah. Jamar chase, but for that offense, Cade Warner and Malik Knowles were perfect. And you don't just get to roll. Like sometimes you got to, readjust and that's where maybe they were a little deficient you can't replace deuce vaughn that guy's not like there's no there's no deuce vaughn's just laying around you know but you can right. with dylan giddens and with Treshawn ward you can have a really solid running game and and make up those yards in the aggregate you're just not going to have maybe the explosiveness that a deuce vaughn has because not that's not the you know you can't expect that like you got to cherish right. those guys when they come uh, so yeah, I kind of agree. Like you have a nice little theory there, Josh. I think that, I think the neighbor's theory of the Kansas state offense needs to be, uh, tested in academic circles. And, and also too, like, I've got no solution for what's best for the offense. This is me being like, you know, 
I think we all realize what's best right now, yes, is the running game. But what happens if that begins to dry up some? Like, what happens if Texas pushes them around a little bit and they don't need to bring a ton of pressure to stop the running game? Right? They don't have to dedicate a lot of the resources on defense. Like, what if the guys up front can help get the job done and things go out? Can you just go back to Will Howard all of a sudden? Or are you kind of – you know, what does that dynamic look like if things start going sideways? TC's got good personnel, but they have not been executing at a high level on defense this year. So I'm curious to see what that looks like this week. Yeah. All right, Baylor and Cincinnati, the all – Do we have to? Yes, do we, we do. have to? Hey, if I have to, you have to. Okay, fine. Yeah, this one's one's tough. I mean, because both these teams are in a funk right now. They don't really know who they are. They haven't figured out what they do really well that uh, teams can't stop in particular uh, regularly. You know, uh, Cincinnati has the advantage that this game is at home, but Baylor's played better on the road in the last year, year, not just this year, in the last over time. On the road than they have at home, they're kind of like the Astros in that regard. Uh, So although not that good. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's, there, there's just something about this game that um, I don't like. I don't think whoever wins it you're going to be able to take away too much from unless they follow it up with other wins. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I saw the spread was Baylor plus three and a half. And I'm, I'm gobbling that up because, because like, what, what has – I mean – what has Cincinnati shown at all that resembles confidence? Pitt is terrible. And that that is a good win. After that, they have not won a game since then. Yeah. Right? I don't think they've won a game since then. And, like, that was well over a month ago. And, look, I think Scott Satterfield knew it's going to be tough. And that's why, honestly, on my show, Neighborhood Watch, I celebrated that Cincinnati win because I did not think many others were, would come, and uh, they haven't. And – it's exciting to see they've had a they've had a fun home field advantage, man. They have, but that started to dwindle. And Iowa State took it to them last week. They really did. That game was not particularly close. Baylor has had some time. It feels like to think, and you know, I think they're going to come out that bye week, right? And so, I expect them to be prepared. I expect them to go on the road. And we've talked about the talent gap for Baylor compared to other teams in the Big Twelve. This Cincinnati team is not particularly talented. So I think when we're, when we're stacking things up here, like this is a game that Baylor wins. Yeah. Uh, I, it's a game they should win. I, I picked against them because there's, there's something like fundamentally off with Baylor right now because Paul, you, you Paul, say you that. You can have Emory Jones. You can have him. You, you can have, <laughs> you can let, you can, you can wager. I'll, I'll let you take that every day of the week. Yeah. What is Emory Jones show that he's confident? He's, he's terrible. Yeah. They keep trotting him out there, acting like there's going to be a different result each week. The guy's not a Power 5 quarterback. No, and, he, and he's been at three different Power 5 schools. Like, it, and this is subjectively like the worst one, the worst performance he's had so far. Yeah. Um, no, I, like, I, just, you know, I watched him a lot when he was at Florida, and he, have, he would have those moments early on where you're like, oh, this son of a gun is good. Holy cow, yeah. he's athletic. And then, like, he has – Emory Jones just needs to find a way to play in the middle of his talent in the middle yeah. of it. But right now he, he plays in the extremes. It's either my gosh, this is one of the best athletes I've ever seen or dear God, like what yeah. happened? And that's why his problem's been his entire career is how can you, you know, you know, how can you keep 
riding that wave of those extremes. All right, uh, we're not going to talk about UCF and Oklahoma because I, I think that UCF does not have the run defense to stop what Oklahoma's going to have at them. Uh, but Oklahoma State and West Virginia, really intriguing one in that it's in Morgantown. West Virginia's coming off a tough loss. And Mike Gundy might have figured his team out, which is really scary for teams they play down the stretch because uh, as – you know, as emotional as he can get, like he, I think the the real skill that he's always had is when he figures out what he's got, he he doesn't stray from the plan. Yeah, it turns out as opposed to playing three quarterbacks and handing the ball to Ollie Gordon, they should play one quarterback and hand the ball to Ollie Gordon. That seems to be the working strategy. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Allen. Like, I don't know about you, Paul. I Kansas defense is not very good, so. Like, I don't really know what I'm supposed to say. Alan Bowman played well. I want to give him that. He played well. Uh, I don't think Alan Bowman's, like, really good all of a sudden. I I just think – and, look, this comes from folks that I've talked to that have played the game. It, you need to have one voice in the locker room. The guys need to know who they're following at quarterback. And so you pick the oldest guy with the most experience, and the game scripts for them have been really good. And I love the way they, they fought back last week, and they got that big stop at midfield, and they closed the game out. And so I think this team is finding a rhythm. Did I think they were the better team last week? No. But they out-executed Kansas. They got the big turnovers they needed against Kansas. And so I think with that, like, this is, this is an execution game, right? This is, can you hit a couple more big plays? And which quarterback does not make the crippling mistake, the crippling turnover? And, guys, I, I think in a game with a margin, you think it's going to be pretty tight. The crippling mistake could be a, a, you know, that 15-yard penalty we saw from Garrett Green after celebration last week, right? Yeah. I think when you're, when you're playing narrow and tight games, mistakes like that can be the difference. And I, I know it sounds, you know, it's, we're watching all these West Virginia games. Uh, it's not one-way traffic. They're always pretty close, just that's the nature of where they play. They're getting a little bit healthier. Um, and they also had an extra day. You know, the, with the having that extra Friday, I, I always like having that extra, extra day. I get the Friday and the Saturday after Thursday night game to recover, going home. So, I, I, I mean, if, if the number is anything above three, I'm taking Oklahoma State. Uh, I think West Virginia wins, but I think it's like 21 to 18, and I, and I, you know, I'm 51 49, uh, one direction, you know, that way right now. But just because they're home, because. You're right. Like, there's a reason why we. Keep, I always say, like, if Mike Gundy is the best coach in this league until you find me another coach who's better year in and year out. And this team is, once again, not particularly talented like Cincinnati. But, man, whenever they need to play, Ollie Gordon or Colin, Colin Oliver, too. We just we do not talk enough about that. He was awesome last week. So mm. good. Such a great college defense. I don't know about the NFL, but, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if he's a tremendous NFL player, too. But he's just a damn good defensive player in college, man. Uh, he, was, he was fantastic last week. And, and so, he makes big plays. Olive, Ollie, Gord, Olive Gordon Ollie Gordon is, is the genuine article. Uh, and I, I'm fired up for this game. I'm fired up because it's, it's two really good teams that have been well coached this year that, it's, that play close football games. All right, uh, the big one this week is Ohio State and Penn State. Uh, I'm taking Penn State just because I think that James Franklin is due for the signature big-time win, and he's got a defense that is just choking people out right now. I think it'll be one heck of a game. I know it's in Columbus, but he's won there one at a time before, so I I think like 
and honestly, I'm thinking like 21 to 20 kind of a game here uh, for Penn State. Yeah. But I like it is a total coin flip if there ever was one, much like Oregon and Washington last week and Oklahoma and Texas the week before. Yeah, I think this is going to be one of those who blinks type situations. And, and I'm wondering, you know, I think we've seen it so far. Michigan's got their own issues. But like, are we headed toward a situation where Michigan's maybe 10 points better than both these teams on like a neutral field, maybe 10 to 14 better? Like, I, I think that's possible. I, I do think that's possible. So I'm really curious to see um, who takes the big risks in this game, right? You mentioned that choking out, like, is – is Ryan Day going to put the ball in Kyle McCord's hands and say, all right, buddy, go win this thing for us? Or he's going to you know, they're gonna try to be like, all right, let's see who makes the mistake. Let's make Drew Allard make the mistake. You know, let's, let's force him to third and long. And so I think I think whoever takes care of the ball better in third and long and uh, you know, hits a couple more explosive plays is, is going to win this thing. I do think it's a narrow game, though. I think, it's, I think it's one of those games that feels tight. Now, these teams have gone back and forth before, but I think it's one of those narrow situations where this, this game – just feels tight and it's like oh don't make a mistake don't make a mistake uh kind of type deal yeah i i agree with you josh enjoy your game tonight we'll talk to you next week all right fellas it's always a pleasure uh keep that dad look up uh <laughs> jack keep it going <laughs> josh neighbors neighborhood watch crystal ball college football like and subscribe to that uh, channel This has been a Rogue Media Network production.